Hey, I'm Sheena, former miserable corporate attorney turned full-time calligrapher and creative entrepreneur. I used to feel like I was living my life for other people, and now I am more true to myself than ever. And each week, I'm sharing a short but powerful lesson that I've learned on that journey. So if you're looking for a way to get more creativity and possibility into your life, you're so in the right place. Let's dive right in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Sheena Show for part three of my Business 101 series. Um, if you haven't listened to parts one and two, I highly recommend you go back. They're just the two episodes right before this one, um, 63 and 64, because I really go over in those episodes early stage business, the kind of exploration phase, and then middle stage business where you want to be really refining and narrowing down and focusing. Um, and in this episode, I'm going to talk about more of like a late stage business, which I call master or mastery, a pretty much a go for it. You've kind of got your thing and you're really going to scale and like ramp it up and go for it. Um, okay. So for all of you who, before we kind of dive into all the meat of things, <laughs> if anyone is wondering, how is Burning Man, Sheena? <laughs> I don't know, because um, this is still past Sheena, who is recording these episodes in advance of even going. So um, next week, I will definitely, you know, be sharing more of what that experience was like, and what it was like uh, having my birthday out there and all that jazz. But um, for this week, even if, you know, before we get into this, even if you're like, oh, I don't know, man. I I don't know if I'm ever going to get to this stage in business. I want you to keep listening anyway. If you have even the slightest curiosity about, ooh, maybe I could start some sort of a creative business someday. And why is that? Because I want you to kind of start to be able to envision a roadmap of possibility. You never know, man. Um, You know, all of this I just have to say, and I can't believe I didn't put this caveat in there before. I am, <laughs> I am growing in confidence <laughs> um, in my expertise. But caveat: this obviously, all of this business one hundred and one stuff, the the phases, right? Everything that I'm telling you, this is all based on my experience. I did not go to business school. Um, I did not get any like you know formal education in this. Um, my education and my expertise comes from actually doing it and building it and learning from a lot of other, you know, people in the online space who have taught many, many, many other people, <laughs> um, how to do it, but it mo mostly comes from experience. So I will say that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of talking about three phases here. Those are really only the ones that I've experienced. I'm sure there's like 12 more phases of business <laughs> that I have yet to reach. And if I ever do, then, you know, I'm sure that I will tell you about them once I get there. But it, I think even if you kind of have this belief, oh, I don't know, Sheena, I'm not really interested in a big business. I don't identify as a CEO. It's really hard for me to even call myself a business owner, even if you're feeling that way. I found it so helpful for myself to have models, you know, and role models kind of telling me what their businesses looked like. So I could see, oh, okay, I kind of have a vague idea of what might be waiting for me down this road, what I can work towards, or 
not if that's not for me. So that's really my goal here is to kind of, you know, fill in the map a little bit so that you're more aware, so that you can see the possibility, and so that you can make empowered choices about what you want to go for. All right? Okay, so caveats, warnings, you know, all of that aside, let's get into what a phase three business might look like. And, you know, I got to say from the very beginning, very few people actually get here because it is difficult. It's not complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated, but it is hard. And I think it's really hard because you have to face so much inside yourself. You can follow all the strategies in the world. You can follow what gurus and experts say and check all the boxes and and have a to-do list. And yet, you will not get to this phase of kind of more sophisticated business um, without confronting all the feelings inside you that feel icky about selling. Um, Everything inside you that's a people pleaser and doesn't want to bother people with your products and offerings. Um, Every part of you that's afraid whenever someone rejects you or criticizes you or asks for a refund or leaves your program or community. All of that stuff you got to reckon with. And you got to get okay with inside of yourself first. And I really, really believe that stuff, the self-love, the self-acceptance, the having your own back, being strong despite, you know, so many things going wrong and being criticized and maybe people not understanding you. That's what allows you not to quit before you get to this stage. So many people quit or they just, you know, maybe it's not what they want. So they kind of back off. But here's what this phase kind of looks like. And again, we will do this in the overall three parts that I've been using for all of these episodes. Part one is more of like, let's get tactical and talk about those three broad buckets of business. In this phase, the first bucket, products and fulfillment. Here, Again, this is a more kind of sophisticated, maybe more highly revenue generating. You know, you put more money in your own pocket, but you also feel like you have a little bit more control over things and you're a little bit more of an expert. In the products fulfillment area, this is where you've really kind of developed a really tight, streamlined product suite that fits really nicely together. And I, you know, explained this a little bit in the last episode, but a product suite is really a set of products that make sense together because they all kind of serve maybe the same type of people or the same audience, but those people are maybe just in different stages. So for example, in my calligraphy business, I have a beginner calligraphy course for people who are absolute beginners. I have an intermediate calligraphy course for people who want to go a little farther with styling. And then now I have a calligraphy business starter guide, right? For people who want to make a business out of it. So this kind of all makes sense together, right? It serves the audience of people who are interested in calligraphy, but in a way that maybe they want to do something a little more businessy with it 
right? And all those products kind of, they follow each other, they make sense together. And then I have other smaller products kind of outside of those main products, but they all kind of support the mission of calligraphy and maybe you can do something awesome with it and make some money off of it. That's the overall mission. Um, it typically looks like you know, one or two or maybe three kind of larger signature offerings that are maybe a bit higher priced with maybe other products that support lower cost offerings to maybe get people in the door, that kind of thing. And here you also want to start thinking about kind of the ascension model is one way, it's kind of a fancy term for it, but it's basically what I described with my calligraphy business, like the customer journey. If somebody comes in and they're like, ooh, I'm interested in calligraphy. They might buy my $12 workbook and then say, oh, I kind of want to learn more. And they might take my beginner course and then they might go into my intermediate course and then they might find it possible to do a business and do the business course, right? This is ascension because the customer is kind of ascending along the ladder, right, of, of your products. But you see how it all kind of fits together. So that's the products and fulfillment area. Bucket number two, operations, systems, back end of your business. Um, here is where you get to kind of, you've brought, you bring, you're bringing in enough consistent revenue and you know your profit margins and expenses enough so that you can start to outsource a lot of the back end stuff. Bookkeeping, um, maybe production. Maybe you have um, a podcast or some sort of weekly content that you can get help with, right? From outside contractors. Um, you probably have hired some people, maybe a, an operations manager or an assistant, right? To help with a lot of these operations and systems. Here is where you know that your role as CEO or maybe just boss or business owner or founder, whatever term resonates best with you, your role is to focus as much as possible on your zone of genius. Like the thing that only you can do, this special sauce that you bring to your business. For a lot of people, that is marketing. It might be going out and making connections, um, finding collaborations, getting in front of, you know, new audiences, being the visionary. So kind of coming up with the ideas and the new ways to present your offerings, all that kind of stuff is very CEO kind of stuff. And maybe you don't want to spend as much of your time on things that other people could be doing, which is why you have employees and maybe contractors. So, you know, maybe you don't need to be, for example, on this podcast, downloading the podcast and writing the description and typing it up in a blog post and then uploading it, you know, all those tasks, it kind of doesn't make sense for you as the CEO to be doing that because your time is so precious and you could be spending that time on more revenue generating activities. So another key thing when it comes to operations and systems in a more sophisticated kind of uh, business is that you are tracking KPIs or key performance indicators or what whatever you want to call them. They're basically like the, the statistics and numbers in your business that are the most important to know. So number of customers each week, uh, you know, revenue coming in each week, your profit margin, 
that kind of stuff. It's kind of different for every business, but you're kind of keeping an eye on those because it is a business after all. And the job of a business is in large part to make money. So you want to be sure that that's happening, right? And that your efforts are yielding results. Um, You probably have SOPs. SOPs is short for standard operating procedures. And these are just things that are done over and over in your business that are written down so that people know how to do them. Basically, your operations in the back end are more smooth. They're being carried out mostly by other people, um, which allows you to kind of exercise more creativity as the as the boss. Okay. Third bucket, market and se- marketing, selling. You're getting this is where you're just so sophisticated, right? Your products are sophisticated because you know your audience and your selling and marketing is sophisticated because you know your audience. You know how to talk to them. You've shown up consistently for them. You've built trust. Um, you know what they're what they're struggling with, how to help them, what they're feeling, what their biggest dreams are. You have maybe automated systems to keep kind of adding value um, and to kind of take someone through a customer journey of finding you and then, you know, oh my God, kind of learning more about you, uh, getting your, maybe your best pieces of content and education. So they're like, oh my God, this person is amazing. They're teaching me so much. Right. And then kind of leading them down the sales journey, right. You may have an automated system for that, like an evergreen webinar funnel, for example. Um, you have probably created assets like long-term assets that are bringing in potential customers more automatically. So, you know, blog posts that lead to good SEO, YouTube videos that people continue to find, um, maybe past social media posts, ongoing collaborations, you know, paid ads. You're probably doing some of those. Um, and here's the thing, all of your marketing you're emailing people, you're posting on social media. It's all done with a very specific goal in mind because you're very clear on who you're talking to and what you want them to do so that they can buy your products eventually. And you're very clear on that, right? Okay. So those are kind of like the three more tactical buckets. Let's move into part two and what this might actually kind of look and feel like from the inside. So you know, I would say that I kind of was at this stage of business in maybe late 2020, 2021. And in terms of creativity, it, <laughs> I I kind of, I had to learn very, very quickly. My, my business grew really quickly. So I was, I was being very creative actually. Um, but also just learning so, so much that it was kind of stressful. But I can see you can get to a place where you're actually, you're allowed to be a bit more creative. Again, because you have systems in place. You have your operations being taken care of by other people. You have freed up, hopefully, the time and space for yourself to really have days where you get to put on your CEO hat and really zoom out and look at your business from a larger perspective and think, okay, you know, what is our our goal for the next year or couple years? What do we want to help our our customers with the most? Um, what would make the biggest impact? What maybe bold new initiatives or offerings do we want to work on? 
that kind of creativity, there can be more space for that, which is cool, right? Um, A lot of times for people who get to this stage in business, a lot of the creativity, it kind of pivots so that a lot of the creativity is coming maybe not from your craft as it was originally, but from the business itself. Running the business, growing the business, learning about all that stuff becomes its own creative passion. Even though maybe that wasn't your your goal at all in the first place. When I first got into calligraphy, I remember very clearly thinking, oh man, if I could just do calligraphy for most of my day and just people would pay me for me, pay pay me for it, I would be so happy. And I actually, I so completely believed it at the time because I was so in love with calligraphy and I was just getting started and I was learning so much. And now, eight years in, I'm pretty sure that that's not true. If I just did calligraphy all day, every day, I think that I would eventually get bored. And what actually interests me is, oh my God, how can I talk to people? How can I understand them better? How do I make this business reflect what I want to do and reach my goals while still helping people. That's what gets me really interested now. And that's why you see so many people, you know, kind of making the transition from starting off as a craftsperson into more business teaching and coaching. Because honestly, it just kind of becomes your passion and what you do day to day. Okay. That's creativity, right? In the kind of what it feels like, looks like from the inside. Time. (sighs) Time. So this can get tricky because, so, you know, at this point you have a sophisticated business, you're, you're probably full-time with it. It's your main source of income. Um, you're likely employing other people or you have, you know, independent contractors doing things for you. You can, if you do this right and set it up right, and depending on your goals, you can work a lot less while still making the same amount or even more money. But you can also get into a little bit of a trap where, you know, you're trying to grow so much that you end up doing more of the stuff that you don't like. So I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that in the next, you know, section. But you also want to think about time and scaling here in this phase. This is where you really have thought through and put a system in place so that you're not necessarily just trading your time for money anymore. You're you're scaling. So you have something in your business. It might be a, pro- a one particular product or one way of doing things where you are able to make more without necessarily spending more of your time. So that can be anything like, you know, a digital product. Me, for example, I sell courses. I don't have to teach over and over and over again. I the courses teach for me and I sell those courses. That's scaling, right? Um, It could be licensing. If you're an artist and you're licensing out your artwork and people, you know, other brands and companies are paying you to use your artwork and you're not necessarily having to make it over and over again. They're just choosing from your catalog and paying you to use it on their stuff. That's awesome. That's scaling, right? Another way of scaling. Um, Hiring others to maybe do the work for you or for or fulfill in some way or do part of the work for you. Uh, for example, like an agency model where you maybe as a calligrapher hire other calligraphers under you to do, you know, live events, for example, and you pay them, but you also take a cut of the profits. That's a way to scale. 
There's many ways to scale, but probably you have incorporated something like this into your business. Or you're just such a badass expert known for such known for being like the top person in the world that you just can charge a lot. Okay. So when from the inside, I would say the biggest hurdle in this phase of business is not getting bored or burnt out. And those can kind of come together, even though they kind of seem like opposites. It's basically like balancing rest and what your overall goals are and kind of staying creative and fulfilled while thinking about growing and doing a lot of stuff maybe in the business that you didn't think you were going to be doing when you first started a craft-based or art-based business. Um, you know, and burnout, burnout can also come from just, again, the emotional stuff you have to confront that I mentioned in the beginning, stuff like growth and visibility. When you are maybe talking in front of thousands of people, or you have a million views on an Instagram post, or you're in a prominent space and people start to criticize you you know, uh, because you're there at the top, that stuff can be really, really scary for your nervous system. So, you know, that can lead to burnout. It can also lead to burnout when you start going for growth at the cost of everything else. And then boredom, honestly, boredom can come from, again, just that singular focus on growth where you kind of get tired of talking about the same thing over and over. So this is where you really need to kind of remember your creativity and focus on, okay, how can I do this in a way that feels interesting to me? How can I keep a part of this business that still feels playful, like I can experiment, right? All stuff to watch out for, burnout and boredom. All right, let's get into the third section. And that's kind of like the practical example of a calligraphy business. So if, when you get to this stage, you want to focus on selling, right? Really, you've kind of got your products down. You know how to fulfill. Your operations and your back end are kind of swimming along. You want to turn your attention to lead generation. And basically, that is getting in front of new people who might be interested in purchasing your things, audience building. You got to keep coming up with ways to find your people. And you got to get creative about it. And, you know, because you've been doing this for a while and maybe you've built up your reputation, some of that will happen naturally. Um, So calligraphy, for example, um, I have been creating calligraphy content for seven, eight years now, and that is kind of building. I have blog posts out there and YouTube videos that have just been getting views for years. I, without paying for any ads right now, I don't do, right now I'm just kind of working organically. I haven't got into any paid ads, you know, back into ads yet. But right now I am getting maybe 100 to 150 new email subscribers every week onto my email list. And these are people who just find me on the internet because they're interested in calligraphy and my stuff pops up. Okay. Um, So you want to kind of keep focusing on that. Your craft. Your you're kind of a master, you're known for a specific thing. It could be, you know, teaching modern calligraphy like me. It could be luxury engraving for brands. It could be approachable brush lettering. 
So your craft, you've kind of got it down. You, you're known for something, so you want to just keep it interesting for yourself. That's an important thing to do. Um, pricing. Here's where, look, you can charge a premium because you're really known for something and you've developed that reputation for yourself and you have that expertise. So you want to kind of continue to think about whether your pricing like aligns with your overall goals, your business goals, your life goals, and your values. If you've gotten to a place, you know, in this stage of business where you are bringing in consistent income and you can kind of pay yourself consistently and you know your profit margins, then you can even start to think about scholarships and equity grants and and things like that. Um, what to not focus on in this stage of business is, and I kind of alluded to this before, but it's it's this focus on growth over everything else. And here I'm just speaking from experience in my own calligraphy business. You can get to a place where you know, completely, honestly, and with good intentions, you just start to focus overly on the wrong things. It can be really exciting to learn how to scale your business and start making more money than you ever thought possible and start hiring people and start having a bigger impact and talking and getting in front of more and more people. But that growth can also be really seductive just for its own sake. Like I remember when I was really at the peak of growth in 2021, I remember thinking, oh, you know, flying first class everywhere would be so cool and having vacation homes in different places and, you know, this and that, like, you know, kind of going there. And while those dreams, they are awesome and there's no shame if those are your dreams, you should totally go after that shit. Like really, no money judgment. The problem was those kinds of dreams, while really cool to think about, and they would be an amazing life experience, if I really drill down, don't align with me, my values underneath it all. My values are enjoying simple things. You know, I like reading and lying in bed. I want to enjoy my connections with people. I don't want to be always chasing, chasing, chasing the biggest, brightest, next luxury thing for my happiness. I want to be able to be present in my life and and learn to enjoy it at whatever level it's at, right? So you see how the, the values got a little misaligned and, you know, those kind of lofty goals kind of got away from me a little bit. Um. You also want to be careful here that things don't get too streamlined and automated and impersonal. Um, So, you know, scaling means you're maybe not doing everything yourself. You're not communicating with every single customer. You're not, you know, creating every single piece, but you want to be careful that it everything doesn't turn into numbers, right? You don't want your customers to just turn into numbers and percentages and, you know, funnel metrics. And that can be easy to just kind of slide into. Um, So yeah, so that's kind of, you know, just from my own personal experience, things that you want to keep a balanced approach about. What are my real goals here? What do I want my life to look at? Like, what kind of growth do I really want? Do I need growth every year at all? 
Um, is my day-to-day looking the way that I want it to look? So here's where I want to kind of like wrap this up, this whole series, this episode. Um, it, it's, it's this idea that, oh my God, the, the possibilities when it comes to a business are so magnificent. And I want you to know that you can build a really sophisticated money-making calligraphy business that supports your lifestyle and offers you growth and creativity and things that you just never imagined for yourself. And you can do it in very different ways. You can do it like me, focusing on kind of building a larger audience, you know, getting in front of lots of people and teaching. And selling something, you know, at a price point where maybe you want to get in front of more people and have more customers, right, in order to make the revenue that you want to make, right? So that's kind of like my example. But you know what? That's not for everyone. I like this way of doing things because I like actually being in front of a lot of people. I enjoy talking to you all on this podcast. I'm actually like pretty good at going live and showing my face. And I've developed that skill, right? But I kind of, deep inside, I like that kind of attention. And I like this kind of way of interacting with people, probably because I'm an introvert and I'm kind of less good at the, you know, one-on-one really deep kind of person-to-person network building. So I'd rather just kind of put my ideas out into the world. That's why I, I I do it this way. But there's other ways, right? You can develop your calligraphy expertise and your style and just be so good at your craft and so professional and turn out such a good product that you become kind of like the calligrapher to the stars. For example, I'm here in, you know, close to Los Angeles. So you can be working with all the, you know, fancy, sexy movie companies and writing celebrity names. And that's a path as well. Um, Or, right? This is another example. I'm using, these are real life examples that I've seen calligraphers doing. You can be the, like the go-to engraver or on-site calligrapher for all the luxury brands in your area. That's possible as well. Or you can just kind of be quietly over the decades, word of mouth, you know, become known as the person to go to for custom astonishing calligraphy artwork or, you know, baptism certificates or really special pieces like that and get paid really well for that. So there's so many ways that you can get to this phase three, really sophisticated business where you kind of finally feel like you maybe know what you're doing a little bit. Things are a little more predictable. You understand your customers and what they need to know and feel and believe in order to walk down this road of possibility that you've laid out in front of them. You're getting results, you know, from your customers, you're getting great testimonials, and you're kind of continuing to build on that. So what, whatever path you take, and I'm speaking specifically about calligraphy here, but this really applies, right? This business 101, the phase one, two, three, it really applies like across industries. All of this, getting to stage three, getting to a really sophisticated, beautiful, um, you know, place in your business, it does require confidence. It requires confidence in yourself and in your craft. So 
you know, the confidence in yourself really can only come from you just doing it, you know, just going for it, learning step-by-step, failing, getting rejected, trying again, testing things out, right? And then the confidence in your craft, that comes from just continuing to work on that and take on cool projects where you learn different things. So those two things you really kind of need to keep continuing to build those because getting to this place in business, again, like I said in the beginning, it doesn't have to be complicated because really what you're trying to get to is a more streamlined place, right? Of like a streamlined product suite that makes sense and a customer journey that you understand and a way of talking to people that you've really honed down um, and one kind of special thing that you're really known for. That all sounds kind of simple, right? Simplified. And that can lead to really, really great success. Um, But the hard part, again, is the not giving up. It's the building the confidence in yourself and in your craft. So I want to help you with that. Um, I've mentioned before that I'm, you know, opening up my intermediate calligraphy styling course, and I want to focus more on the calligraphy business guide as well. So what I am doing is I am going to host a free webinar that's like focused on calligraphy style and confidence and high paying clients. So it's called Confident Calligraphy Style, Stop Copying and Start Attracting High-Paying Clients. That's the name of the webinar. I'm going to be doing it, teaching it live two times next week. So to get all those details and register for free, all you got to do is choose one of the dates and put your email in. Um, go to crookedcalligraphy.com slash style webinar, all one word, style webinar. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, But what you're going to learn, I'm so excited about this training. I'm so excited because I've just been working on the the slides and I'm just pulling in so many real life examples from corporate clients that I've worked with, um, students that I've worked with, the mistakes that I see. It's going to be so, so good. It's going to be unlike any other calligraphy training you've ever taken before. I promise. Um, Because I'm going to teach you Number one, why you need to avoid just blind copying, which is what most people do, right? It just doesn't get you very far. Um, two, a like concrete three-step framework for how you can approach style in a very systematic way that makes sense because you're looking at it, the components of style. So you can use this to build flourishes, create compositions, build your own alphabet. All This is all all under the same three-step framework. Okay. So you don't want to miss that. And then finally, I'm going to teach you why style and flexibility, why those are so key to booking high paying corporate clients. And I'm giving you real screenshots and communications that I've received from corporate clients. And I'm going to guide you on what you really need in order to start like serving those corporate clients really, really well. So if that all sounds juicy and wonderful, like you can't miss it. Okay, go to crookedcalligraphy.com slash style webinar, all one word, and register for one of the dates. Um, I am teaching those so that you can, you know, walk away and really learn something and, you know, have an idea of how you can apply this to your own calligraphy. But I'm also going to be opening up my Modern Calligraphy 201 intermediate course all about style, um, and my calligraphy business starter guide course. 
So that's all coming really, really soon. Um, I really want you to understand the whole mission of this three-part Business 101 series is to make this more visible and concrete to anyone out there who is thinking, oh, maybe, just maybe I could do something like that. Maybe I could go beyond what I always thought I could do. Maybe I can, you know, do something outside of just the get a nine to five job and do it until you die (laughs) path, right? That I've been taught since school. Maybe I can embrace my creativity and really put myself out there and do brave things and have people pay me for something I'm really proud of. Maybe I can even get to a phase two of business and maybe even a phase three. Wouldn't that be amazing? I wanted to lay this out for you because I, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, around this time, quit corporate law. 2013. 2013, about like end of summer, so really right around this time, I was leaving my corporate law job, moving in with my best friend in his spare room in his Hollywood condo. He was giving me a real discounted rent rate because I was scared as fuck. I was giving up my high corporate law paycheck because I just knew I knew that like life had to have more than that. And I knew it would take a huge leap of faith in order to try and uncover what that might be. And oh my God, I never, ever imagined that I would be here in this beautiful home in Long Beach that I bought because of my business for my family doing this talking to you guys on this podcast as part of my job. It's wild. And the coolest, coolest thing is that I don't know what's coming next. I don't know what amazing possibilities are ahead of me. It's an amazing way to look at life. Um, where I really, I don't know. I don't know what the path is going to be, but I know it's going to be great. And I know it's going to be hard and I know I'm going to learn so much and it'll all be, you know, nothing I regret on my deathbed. So if I can just open up a little bit of that visibility to you and make that feel a tiny bit more possible, I am doing my goddamn job. So I hope that three-part series was helpful to you made you start thinking about business in maybe a new way. Um, again, go to crookedcalligraphy.com slash style webinar, style webinar, all one word. If you want to sign up for those two, one of those two rare live trainings, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be so, so valuable. All right. Thank you all for listening. I will see you next time. Oh, you're still here. That's awesome. That means that you like the show, right? Thank you for listening to the end. And I want to ask you a really quick favor. Could you take two seconds right now, literally right now, to just leave a rating on this podcast? And if you're feeling extra generous, write a one sentence review. It really helps more people like you to find this show. You are awesome. I'll see you next time.